Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is October 8th of 2023, and today we're celebrating the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And our readings are coming from year A, as they will throughout this liturgical year. For those of you who have been following this daily homily podcast, you'll know that today is a special day, right? It's the one-year anniversary since we started doing this podcast. So it was a year ago on the 27th Sunday that we put out the first recordings. Uh, Since then, the listeners have grown in number, perhaps in size too, but I don't know. And so just a big thank you to all of you who listen, a big thank you to all of our team here, here in the broad universe that help with this. Uh, Some people in Argentina, Canada, the United States, and thank you very much for your prayers, and a special thank you to my biggest fans, I am told, at the Aspirancy in Minnesota. Thank you very much, and happy 27th Sunday in Ordinate Time to you. Today's Gospel comes to us today from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 21, verses 33 through 43. And Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally he sent his, his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death, and lease his vineyard to other tenants, who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. In today's readings, we hear a great deal about vineyards. In the first reading, the prophet Isaiah explains how the friend has cared for his vineyard, and we're made to understand that this is how God the Father cared for his people Israel. Indeed, God prepared everything for them, and yet they brought forth only the bitter fruit of sin. The psalm makes this reference clear by telling us that the vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel, and it begs God to return to his people and to care for them. Likewise, in the second reading, Paul begs us to entreat the Lord in his goodness and to bear good fruit worthy of the Lord's vineyard. Now, the culmination of all these preparations is to be found in today's gospel, where Christ presents the chief priests and the elders, and indeed each one of us, with the parable of the tenants. Although we've probably heard the parable of the tenants before, it helps us to examine first what Christ's listeners would have understood, because there's just certain things that his listeners would have grasped because of the context and of the time they lived in. And then second, to see what Jesus is telling us about God his Father. So first, Jesus' listeners would have automatically understood 
many things about the parable, things that aren't immediately obvious to us. We can point out three of these cultural or historical aspects. First, it was common practice for landowners to rent out their lands and then just simply leave the tenants to maintain them. Second, it would have been the responsibility of the tenants, and not the owner, to build and prepare the land for the vines. That means that in the parable, the owner was quite generous, because he took care of all those things himself. Third, the landowner needed to receive a part of the harvest in order to retain his legal ownership of the land. And this is a very important part, right? A tenant who refuses to give part of the harvest wasn't simply being rude or belligerent. Rather, what that tenant was doing was claiming the land for himself. Again, to receive part of the fruit was the way the landowner maintained his legal right to that land. So that is the background of the parable. And it's this context that Christ chooses to reveal three characteristics of his heavenly father, who is the landowner. Right? The father is generous, he's trusting, and he's patient. Generous, trusting, and patient. First, God the Father is generous. Notice that Matthew tells us four specific things that the landowner did. He planted the vines, he put a hedge around it, he dug the wine press, and he built the tower. Again, it's important to recall that all of these things should have been done by the tenants. They were the responsibilities of the one who came to lease the vineyard. The typical way things worked is that the owner just gave them a plot of land, he made them clear it, plant the vine, and do everything else. But here, the owner took care of everything. That means that the tenants didn't have to spend time preparing the vineyard so that it would bear fruit. Typically, this was a big deal. Usually, they would have to wait at least a year to begin harvesting the grapes and make wine. (laughs) What happens here, though, everything that they needed was in place. All they had to do was take advantage of it and use it. And that tower is a beautiful detail, right? Because not only is it a lookout point for security to keep things safe, but it's also the place where the tenants could rest and sleep. Right? All the tenants had to do was use and maintain what they were given. All these gifts, gifts that went far beyond the obligation of the landowner to provide. That's how generous he is. Now, second, the father is trusting. See what he does, right? He doesn't send people to spy on the tenants. He doesn't ask them for progress reports. It's only at vintage time, when everything should have already been ready, that he sends somebody to obtain what is rightfully his. In a real way, we can say that he places himself at the mercy of the tenants. They do what they want, and the owner trusts that it's also what he wants. After all, again, this only makes sense. The tenants have benefited from a very generous landowner. All they need to do is give back what the owner has asked for, and they're going to be happy and provided for. Finally, the father is patient. Time and again, the owner sends his servants, only to have them be mistreated. But the the owner never ceases trying to reach out to them, until finally they reject his son, right? Because here they say openly what they've kept hidden all along, right? They make clear what they've wanted. They want the land for themselves, to do whatever it is they want with it, with what they've been given, and that's that, right? And that's the last straw. And again, you can't accuse the owner of being unjust, because after all, he had done everything for those tenants. 
He had taken great care of them. Time and again, though, they betrayed that generosity, that trust, and that patience. All those things the landowner put up with. At the end, what do they do, though? They reject his son. And after that, there's nothing more to do than to punish them severely. And again, bear in mind, it's a punishment that the landowner had tried time and again to avoid. But finally, it was the just wages of their actions. Now, the scene from today's gospel might seem a little dramatic for our daily lives, but really, it contains several important truths that should affect our daily living. And what we can do is, you know, reflect on each of those characteristics of God the Father and see how they're present in the way I live. First, God the Father is generous. He gives us absolutely everything we need to become saints. All we need to do is use it well. Now, this isn't limited just to the nice things that I've, I've gotten, right? Like the graces I've received, the talents I have, and so on. It also means the things I might not like, like annoying people who make me practice patience and charity, or temptations that make me firm in my resolve to serve God alone. It might even be in the form of suffering that doesn't seem to make much sense. All these are gifts of God's generosity, right? All things that will form us into saints if we use them well. Maybe the tenants thought that because the landowner had gone away, he didn't care about them. But nothing could be further from the truth. Everything they had should have been a daily reminder of his love and care for them. Every time they see the vine or the wall or the tower, they should see, oh yeah, that's the landowner looking out for me. The same is true in our lives. Everything that comes our way is a part of God's providence. It's an expression of his love for us. Indeed, perhaps it's the most concrete expression of his love that we can experience. Second, God is trusting. He gives us our freedom. And in a sense, he submits himself to our decisions, right? The fact that God allows us to work with him, to be his helpers, right? Even to the point of, like the church says, of being co-creators with him, in the sense of bringing children into the world, Right? Be that in the physical sense of being a parent or in the spiritual sense of bringing children up for God, the fact that God even allows for such a possibility shows that he trusts us and wants us to cooperate with him. And thirdly, God is patient. He's a father who is long-suffering with his rebellious children. And he wants us to be patient with him too, to try to help them to help them reach that love of God. Fulton Sheen points this out in a story that's told of Abraham in the desert. He says, One night a stranger is said to have approached Abraham's tent and implored his hospitality. And so Abraham, as you know, as tradition there, he, he gave him the best of the food, he surrendered his own bed, he waited on him. But the stranger complained and upbraided and found fault. Abraham was about just to kick him out, right, in anger at his ingratitude, when God spoke to him. Abraham, he said, I've put up with that man for 40 years. Can't you stand him for one night? God is far more patient than we are, and he's been patient with us. He's our example and our model. Today we can ask ourselves about how well we make use of the things God permits to come our way. If God trusts us to himself, or trusts himself to us, do we trust ourselves to him? Are we patient as we strive to reach heaven? 
through the intercession of Mary, Queen of all saints and Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, let's ask for the grace to be generous, trusting, and patient as we work to build up the kingdom of God in this world.